What's up, you guys? It's your host, Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. Today, I have a birth story for you that is literally all the things. It goes from learning to track her cycle with ovulation kits to like a misplaced epidural, spinal headaches, a broken tailbone, and just all the things. I cannot wait to share this one with you. It is wild. Let's get going. actually. We didn't talk about that at all before we started, but I'm just now thinking, I want to hear about how you guys met and like got married because you had a pandemic wedding, which is unique. Yes. And I don't know, we'll talk about a bunch of things, but why don't we start there? How did you meet your husband? Oh man, I wish I had like a really cute story. Like maybe we both were walking our dogs at the (laughs) dog park and their (laughs) leashes got all tangled and one hundred nine arms. Yes. <laughs> I wish it was one of those cute stories, but no, no, no. We met on a dating app. I love it. I love it. In full twenty, I guess we met in twenty nineteen. We got married in twenty twenty style. Um, but yeah, we met on Mutual. Okay. It's a dating app, um, and I was not that interested in him at first. I love it. <laughs> Um, but he was just the sweetest and super persistent and just pursued me and made me feel so special. We always joke that he had never, like, given a girl flowers or, like, any little, I don't know, presents, except for, you know, like, high school dances or something. Yes. But, like, every time he would take me on a date, he would bring something, like, a favorite treat I had mentioned or, like, flowers. (laughs) He's the sweetest. Boyfriends take note. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, he was just the sweetest thing. So we met, or we started dating in, let's see, we started going on dates in October of 2019, and we got married in May of 2020. Okay. So it was so not pretty like a quick. a long time, yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty quick. quick. It was like, I was struggling in the beginning to decide if I wanted something serious or not, but mm-hmm. then once... I feel like once I got my head wrapped around it and was open to the idea of a serious relationship, then it just, like, flowed. Flew. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just flowed. We were so connected. And, yeah, we got married. I love that. <laughs> I feel like that's those are kind of the best stories, though, when I'm like, you were obviously meant for each other, you know? Yeah. It didn't take much time, and here you are, like, happily married, what, two years, three years later? Two years? It'll be three years in, in May? May. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. It. Well, he's so funny, too, because he was telling people we were going to get married on the third day. And it, the third day I almost canceled because I was, like, not sure. <laughs> You're like, bro, I'm not even into this. I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. But I'm so glad. It's actually kind of a funny story because I almost canceled that date. And I feel like at the time, I this is not a good thing, but I was sort of, 
I don't know, like, known, I feel like, in my family for canceling dates <laughs> if I wasn't, like, 100% into it. And so... No shame in that. And, but my fine. mom was fully aware, okay? My yeah. mom was fully aware that I was being really picky. And I remember that day I talked to her on the phone and she said, you know, what are you going to do today? And I said, you know, Kaylin asked me out on a date and I'm supposed to go. I think we're going to go like shooting or something at like some range, but I don't know if I'm very interested. So I think I'm going to cancel. And it was the first time that she was like, Katie, you're being an absolute brat. Like you already committed. You, you can like decide later that you don't want to date him, but like you committed, you need to go on this date. And it was that date that I started to like him. <laughs> Your mom knew. So thank goodness for the mamas. <laughs> Seriously. She was like, don't ruin this for you. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know. She had intuition. I love it. As we all do. And we'll talk about that. Yes. Um, I love that, though. I'm glad that it was pretty smooth sailing and that he convinced you. <laughs> yes. Love him. <laughs> um, yeah. Best decision. <laughs> yeah. Thank heavens. But when you guys, so you get married, was the talk of kids something that happened pretty quick? Or were you both just kind of? enjoying the newlywed phase so I feel like it goes one way or the other I feel like people are either like we wanted to have babies right then and there or they're like and eh, we'll wait five years you know yeah so I feel like I have always wanted to be a mom like that was my number one thing um all growing up I just could not wait to be a mom mm-hmm. um but we also knew he was going to be hopefully going to law school Um, so when we first got married, it was definitely something that we'd like talked about happening in the near future, but we wanted to at least wait like a year before we really, you know, started talking about it, get off birth control, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So we got married in 2020 and then in May of 2021 is when I think, yeah, I think it was May that I went off my birth control. Okay. Um, and we weren't really immediately jumping into trying but just kind of like seeing uh, pulling the goalie sort of speak (laughs) yes letting fate take over i guess i love it yes (laughs) and we we talked about this for a sec before and i'm gonna kind of pull us back a little bit yeah but how long were you on birth control i'm curious oh my goodness okay so i started my period when i was 12 and almost immediately they were horrible okay like pass out in the shower oh my gosh throw up like very very bad cramps um yeah miserable so and you know you're in school and you're young and you don't want to miss school or you know I was involved in dance and all these different things I didn't want to have to miss out and so when I was like 14 or 15 I think my mom helped me get on birth control okay. to try and help just alleviate some of the the symptoms. Yeah, yeah the you know the heavy flow and yeah. the symptoms, the yeah, all the pain associated okay. with it. Yeah. So it had been forever okay. because oh that was another thing I was gonna say. I feel like one of the reasons that we did want to start trying, um, I don't know, sooner rather than later, is because. We got married, I would say, a little bit later than like the average Utah <laughs> yeah, I'm like, couple. Average Not Utah. Not average, like Utah national specific. couple. Because <laughs> like, what, are you maybe 28, 27? So I, yeah, right. So I was 25, almost 26. So I okay. turned 26 in June yeah. and we got married in Which we like laugh about May. that because I'm like, I think I got married, I was 24, but like 
I felt like a grandma. Yeah, in it's Utah, ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. It's but. completely ridiculous, but I feel like with that in mind and also I grew up an only child. My husband grew up the oldest of six. Okay. So he wanted a big family because he's that, you know, that's what he's used to. And I want to have maybe not that big, but like <laughs> maybe four or five. Yeah, yeah, love it. <laughs> um, because I just didn't get that experience of having, you know, totally. a bunch of siblings. As a little kid, I now have amazing step-siblings. But yeah. um, I didn't get that, you know, when I was little. So mm-hmm. because of that, I feel like it was on our minds sooner just because... I don't want to be, you know, in my 40s having kids. Yeah. If I can, <laughs> if, if I can you help can it. control it, I mean, I'm all, I'm there with you. Yeah. Like, just ideally, I would like to be, you know, yeah. getting through that stage of the of my life a little bit earlier. So yeah, that's totally fair. I felt like we had like the that dumb ticking clock in the back of my mind. Yes. You know, if I want them, if I want this many kids, and I want to try and space them out like this, then yeah. I've got to start here, and it's so silly, but. No, I think if we I can all help do control, it. Yeah. you know. Yeah, and that's the hard part about women's health and like pregnancy in general is I think that like sub- subconsciously we do kind of put a timer on things. Totally. And that's especially why I'm always curious about people's birth control history. Mm. Because and I'm sure your doctor told you this, it can be really like normal for your cycle to not regulate for up to like 6 months or a year after being on yeah. birth control. And yeah. for you having been on birth control for so long, like I'm <laughs> like just curious what that was, seriously, like I'm curious what that was like for you coming off of it. Even like having that first period, like your symptoms were they like psycho? Was it like back when you were twelve? You know what I mean? Like yeah. was it just wild and did it take a long time to have that first cycle? So yeah, it was actually really crazy. So like I said, I think I stopped taking it like midway through may 2021 okay um i remember we went to hawaii or something and i was like i have to get through that trip because i want to be able to enjoy the trip without starting a period um and so i had one in june and um it was horrible and so i had talked to my doctor because i was i mean the heaviest low i was bleeding like crazy i had horrible 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 cramps um I felt dizzy. I mean, my husband actually had to come home from work because I, like, could not take care of myself. Um, So I called my doctor, and um, I talked to the nurse, and she thought there was a chance I was having, like, an early miscarriage, Mm -hmm. or potentially it was just my body reacting to, you know, not having had a period for so many years. So they let me know, you know, you can come in and get – a blood test or something if you want to be sure but at that point I thought you know even if I am I'd rather not know if it's a miscarriage and like save myself that you know trauma if it if it isn't that and if it is just a period I'd rather just stay home at the time we had moved so I didn't live um very close to my doctor's office so it would have been like you know 30 minutes to an hour to get there and so I'm thinking either way I'm getting bad news so that was the first month, and my guess is, is it would probably just my body regulating, um, but the the uh, following months, it wasn't that bad. Okay. Um, so I don't know if it was just my body, like, getting yeah. it out of its system. Like, yeah. I mean, they weren't pleasant by any means, but... Um, no, but they weren't as bad They as weren't, like, person. debilitating where I couldn't, yeah. you know, get out of bed or anything like that, so... Yeah. That's really interesting, honestly. I'd be curious to know 
obviously you didn't go see if it was I a know. miscarriage, but it I would be curious to know just from a nerdy nurse standpoint of like I wonder what your body was doing. Well, and they <laughs> say that like after you get off birth control or after you have a baby or something like right immediately or if after you have a miscarriage that you're super fertile too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess we'll never know, but it was kind of kind of wild that first month. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then after that first month, things kind of returned to like a pretty normal cycle. Was it pretty regular? Yeah, it was pretty manageable, but it wasn't. I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't, I'm not sure what regular. Yeah, um, means, <laughs> but I would say they were probably anywhere from like 27 to 32 yeah. days cycles. Yeah. Um, which I would say that's regular. Yeah, it wasn't like 28 days on the dot or yeah. anything. Yes, but. Um, it was pretty regular and they were definitely, um, more mild than that first month. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Which is good. Thank heavens. Yes. But I feel like moving into kind of trying to conceive, I think that sometimes we think that like, okay, I'm not protecting. I'm going to get pregnant. Like we know how this works mm-hmm. <laughs> and we like giggle about it, but I'm like, how sad that we like, that's such a thing that most people lack education on. Yeah. Is that they really don't know how their cycle works and like the timing of the cycle and how that timing is so specific and important to trying to conceive, yeah. right? Because if you don't understand your ovulation, your chances of getting pregnant are pretty slim, honestly. And yeah. you can tell us about that. Because, <laughs> and, and like, I don't bring this up in any way being like, girl, you should have known because nobody knows, genuinely. I don't think anybody that has like that hasn't tried to have a baby actively has probably ever even thought about their ovulation cycle genuinely. (laughs) Yeah. It's super, I think it's just discouraging as women too, because all your life you're told, you know, once you have sex then you're going to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like the scare tactic to not have sex because you know, it's what your parents tell you when you're in high school or whatever. Um, and so then when you get married and you're finally ready to take that step, you think, oh my gosh, all I have to do is get off my birth control or not use a condom or whatever. And I'm immediately going to get pregnant. So, um, that can be really, really hard. And I've seen that in so many friends and family members that they just have that in their heads and they assume, you know, this isn't going to be very hard. And then it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm going what was the purpose of all these health classes and crap in like junior high and high school when they didn't teach me the squat about (laughs) what I actually need to know about. (laughs) Um, I know it's so, so dumb. So, um, I did not understand any of that ovulation, how it all works. I mean, I just knew you, yeah, you have sex and then you get pregnant and you know, nine, whatever months later you have a baby. Yes. So, um, Thank goodness for your podcast because I'm (laughs) being more and more educated every week. Um, But yeah, so we not tried, tried or whatever where, you know, we were just living our lives and if I get pregnant, great. If I don't, you know, um, it's not the right time or whatever. So we did that for a while. And um, when fall came around, I started thinking, you know, okay, I want to get pregnant. This isn't working. So I just did some of my own research and I kind of had like read somewhere, you know, the av- when the average person ovulates, mm-hmm. but I got thinking maybe that I don't ovulate at the same time or maybe I'm not even ovulating at all. I don't know. Um, 
so I got a kit and it had these little strips that would you would you know pee on and it would let you know if you're ovulating or not and you'd even take a photo on your phone and then it had an app associated with it and so you'd upload the photo and then it would tell you if you're ovulating or if you weren't and kind of where you're at in your cycle okay so I so started I'm curious actually with that so it would it tell you like I don't know if it could do this, but it tell you like, okay, you're like fertile, but not ovulating. It like, would tell it you that? like a number. So it'd be okay. like one point whatever or okay. 0.78 or, you know what I mean? Yes, so, yes, yes, yes. It, and then it would kind of give you a range of like how likely you were okay. to get, cool. you know, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. like how whatever. likely you would be to be like, yes, like if it's like a high, you, low, medium okay. kind of thing. Cool. So I got that in November and used it and it was all over the place like Mm. uh, it would tell me basically that I was ovulating and so you know we try and then a few days later it would go down so I was thinking okay I'm you know at the end of the cycle and then it would go spike back up again like and it has a little graph Mm -hmm. so it will show you and my thing was just like up down (laughs) up down yeah like (laughs) you're like okay and I'm like oh crap like (laughs) this isn't working no wonder I'm not getting pregnant um so I was super stressed. So obviously I didn't get pregnant that month. Um, and then in December we tried again. And, you know, as as we know or as we now learn, because this is not something I knew at the time, but <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad how uneducated I was. But obviously, you know, you're like rotating months on your ovaries. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe there was something strange going on with one of them because then the next month when it was the other ovary, um, the graph and everything looked normal, the chart, and, um, you know, it told me when I was ovulating, we tried, and I got pregnant. That's amazing. So, I feel extremely blessed because I know that's just not really the norm, um, mm-hmm. and I just, like I said, I have so many people in my life that are struggling, so, um, yeah, I just feel so, so lucky and so grateful that it wasn't you know, once we really were trying, trying, it wasn't, um, super difficult for us. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm really proud of you though, for like taking it on yourself and getting out there and researching, because I feel like that's another thing that a lot of people waste time is the wrong thing to say, but they'll spend like a year trying to have a baby without even knowing it could just be the wrong time. Yeah. You know, when it, it might not be something that's like physiologically wrong with your body. It's just that like, maybe one of your ovaries doesn't ovulate and Mm -hmm. so only every other month you're like fertile or well if that's the case it's like you only have six six months out you know you only have six months to try so six out of 12 is no totally and like these are things that you know I think a lot of people don't know until they're in the spot of like oh we've been trying for a long time and now we're seeking help yeah but to have that information beforehand just so you can like I don't know track your cycle or like if you're thinking of conceiving like read into this I think it's so beneficial and I'm just Good for you for being on top of it and doing it yourself because I feel like a lot of people just don't even think about it. So that's awesome. Yeah. I, I was super glad that we figured out kind of what was going on too um, just with the, the ovaries and everything because I feel like now when we are at the point for another baby, I'll kind of have that in mind. Mm-hmm. And I almost now that I have that in my head, I feel like now when I have my period, I can almost kind of tell. Like I feel like there's like one ovary that – 
maybe it's like a worse period or mm-hmm. I, I always have this theory there's like a mad ovary and like a sad ovary <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one month I'm like more snippy and like Wait, the next month hilarious. I'm like oh like why did you say Not this like, <laughs> well, what did you mean though, by honestly. that like, <laughs> I love it so I'm, I'm more prepared for the future <laughs> yeah which is good honestly and that's that's also we won't get into it today but like it's interesting to see I'd be interested to talk to you next time around yeah to see if it was the same experience because I feel like it might be like textbook the same or it could be wildly different you know yeah and maybe we'll check back in a couple of years but <laughs> anyway you can have me on any time <laughs> you're the best so you find out you're pregnant tell me about that yes so it actually is a hilarious story because, um, so it's, you know, December, so it's Christmas parties and everything. Mm-hmm. So we had gone to a Christmas party and at my um, husband, Kalen's mom's house, so at my mother o- mother-in-law's house. And um, <laughs> so there's all these different foods, you know, and treats and everything. And I'm eating a bunch of stuff and we're playing all these like minute to win it type games, <laughs> yes. you know, and I'm like. I remember I am on the floor like playing some game and I feel like I was going to puke and uh, the whole rest of the night I was just like oh my gosh what is wrong with me I thought I had been food poisoned or something Uh, by like one of the foods at the party (laughs) yes and so we go home and like at this point the thought hadn't even crossed my mind because I was so early at this at this point okay and so all night and also I don't think I knew what, like, nausea or, like, nauseous really meant. Mm -hmm. I thought it just meant, like, you needed to throw up. I didn't realize it meant, like, you feel like you're going to throw up, but you don't throw up. Yeah. Yeah. So this this (laughs) is just the beginning of a a lovely, lovely few months. (laughs) Um, But, yes, literally all night I could not sleep. I felt so nauseous. My stomach was in knots. And it was at, like, I don't know, 4 a.m. that it finally, like, clicked in my head. Oh, my gosh, maybe I'm pregnant. And so, and with the, um, the kit that I had bought, it had, it had, um, what were they called? LH or something? HCG strips? Yeah. So it was like the ovulation strips were called something like, okay. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. LH or, I don't even know. Yeah. Something. And then it also came with the HCG strips. Okay. So you could also test if, if you, you wanted pregnant. to see if you're pregnant. Okay. So I had just like these little strips and I knew in my head, okay, this probably isn't even going to work because they're not the early yes, whatever like early detection before, yeah <laughs> yes um and at this point I was I hadn't even missed my period or anything so I'm thinking this probably isn't even gonna work but I can't sleep I'm so anxious now I'm like yes. hoping yes and so I like snuck out of bed because I didn't want my husband to know because I had been telling him like all night yeah that I was feeling like, poisoned I'm and so sick <laughs> yes and so I sneak out of bed I literally went and got like a cup to test with and went in our, like, other bathroom, not, it. like, our, like, master <laughs> like, bedroom bathroom because I didn't want to turn on the light or wake him up or anything, just in case. And so got everything, did it. I'm just sitting there staring at the strip. And I at first I thought, oh, there's not, not even a chance. And then I would, like, tilt it. Like, I'm looking at all the angles. I'm holding it up like- to the light, like, <laughs> doing all the things. And there's just this faint, faint beep beep little pink line on the second one and i'm like oh my gosh like maybe i'm pregnant maybe but also i'm sitting there like am i it's like four in the morning like am i (laughs) seeing like am i seeing double (laughs) yes so i like took a picture of it on my phone 
it's like, I'll look at this later. And, you know, cleaned up everything, threw everything away. Go back to bed, laying there. And I'm thinking, you know, okay, I'll just sleep until the morning. I'll try and, like, forget about it. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm like, no. There I am, <laughs> sitting Googling, like, okay, if I'm pregnant, when's the due date? Like, yes. all this stuff, like, <laughs> you know, all the baby questions and totally getting my hopes up. Um, and so it was probably, I don't know, eight or nine or something that my husband finally wakes up. Because at this point, I've literally been just laying there, like, for like twiddling five my hours yes like, just like wake up oh, like i want to go get like a real test and yes. <laughs> i need to clear blue i need to know and so, <laughs> and so i finally like just kind of poke at him and you know he's like what and i'm like i think i'm pregnant yeah. and he's like what do you mean he's like, like you had food poisoning when I he's went like to you always <laughs> say that you think you're pregnant and you're not <laughs> i'm like no i really think i am and i show him the picture and he's like there's not even a lie. And I'm like, okay, but I really think I am. Like, like don't cross my I really, here. really think I am. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, I've been, like, not just all night. I don't feel good. I just have a feeling. So then he gets out his phone, and he's Googling, you know, all I this stuff. It. And where do you get the best, like, most accurate pregnancy test? Da, da, da. Yes, the real MVP. So five minutes later, we're on our way to Walmart. And, I love it. you know, we, ha- we haven't even, like, brushed my hair or anything. I just, like, throw on, you know, sweatpants, whatever. We go to Walmart, get the test go home and i'm not kidding i knew i was pregnant sometimes a woman just knows and he was so not weird. convinced like he <laughs> was like katie like no you're not like don't get your hopes up and whatever so go do the actual like more accurate early detection mm-hmm. because also keep in mind i think i had i think we had conceived like a week and a half or something okay. yeah, before so this. you're like five or six days earlier than you would even be able to like yeah like I think it was like six or seven like (laughs) I did not even know if this test was gonna tell me for sure yeah but sure enough took it and it was so funny because you know everybody wants to have that video of like seeing it or whatever and um I don't know I feel like with the first as like cheesy as it was I'm like whatever like I really think I'm pregnant and this is going to be like stupid if I'm not but also I want to see Kaylin's reaction totally because I knew I was pregnant but he did not think I was pregnant yeah so I needed to catch this on film so we like you know stand in front of our Christmas tree it's you know like the week before Christmas and we flip it over and I'm filming and I'm like oh my gosh he's like what does that mean I'm like I'm pregnant you know and he's like but there's barely even a line. I'm like, but it's a line. Like, <laughs> You're like, Kaylin, I am pregnant. <laughs> yes. So anyway, needless to say, I took three more and finally did the one that actually says pregnant. pregnant. And okay. then he was like, okay, you're pregnant. <laughs> but he was su- super excited. And yeah, so that's kind that's of the story. So fun. I love it. That, like, <laughs> it just brings back so many memories to me when I think of like taking a pregnancy test, honestly, and just... You would, like, hope so many things. I don't know. For me, yes. it's always, like, oh, my gosh, like, I really hope it's a thing. And then, like, a part of me is, like, oh, no, but, like, what if it's a thing? I don't yes, know. Like, yes, 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 I don't know. It's, it's just, anxiety, it's but it's also, the like, best, oh, the, the best butterflies. Moment. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you were nauseous, and that persisted. Oh, yeah. Pregnancy. Let's just run through everything you felt. <laughs> yes. So, obviously, immediately, I was sick. Okay. And. Yeah, I'm, like, early. Early, yes. early, early, Which early, is a early. Good sign. I mean, that's a great sign that your hormones are picking up. That yes. Your placenta is like forming the way it should. All good signs. Yes. But not ideal when you're like, I am four weeks pregnant and <sighs> barfing. Yes, literally. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was bad. Like for the first probably 
15 weeks, I was throwing up like 10 times a day. Oh, gosh. Like, it was rough. And luckily, it was still, you know, pretty COVID, like, that was the vibe still. Mm-hmm. So, I was working from home. But I basically lived on the bathroom floor. And I would have my laptop on the counter. And I just, yeah, I had my mute on. I had my camera off. And I'd be, like, on a meeting and then mute and, like, throw up. And then, oh, like, unmute, talk. <laughs> You're like, hi. <laughs> because I also didn't want to tell, like, people that I worked with that I was pregnant. Yeah. Super early. But anyway, yeah. So that was oh my gosh. that was kind of rough. Did but they ever think you had, like, hyperemesis or anything? Um, no. Okay. I mean, my doctor never brought it up. I have a really good friend who had it. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of curious. But it did eventually subside subside and so i think if it had carried on Mm -hmm. through you know this like the entire second trimester then there probably would have been more of concern but yeah i could barely take a sip of water without puking in those first especially probably the first like maybe 10 weeks and then it started to kind of lighten up and then by like 14 15 weeks i bet feeling better i was feeling a lot better so, yeah, that was that was fun. Oh, the joys. But you know what's the weirdest part about that is that on the days when I would feel normal, I would freak out because I I was thinking, "Oh my gosh, like something wrong with the baby? Like I'm, uh, you know, am I having a miscarriage now? Like why am I not feeling sick?" And so Kaylin was always like, "You're, you know, super upset and like <laughs> complaining when you're when throwing you're up." And when you're sick, but then when you're feeling good, you're just stressing. You're like, what's worse? Like, I know. It's like, true, I don't know. Though. It's true. You just, like, throw yourself into a whirlwind of, like, oh, wait, now I'm not. Like, is the baby okay? Like, oh. Yes. yes. Like, I'm just, like, you're throwing me into all of the, like, Seriously. anxious pregnancy thoughts that I haven't even, like, thought about for a year. And I'm just like, oh. Yes. And I, I don't know. are amazing. Oh. All you deal with. And it's so funny because I kept thinking, like, okay, once I'm done with this, then I won't be as worried. Once I hit this milestone, I won't be as worried. Mm -hmm. And as, like, I got further into the pregnancy, I'm realizing, what am I talking about? This is the rest. Forever. This is the rest of my life. Like, (laughs) I'm never going to stop worrying about this kid. (laughs) And so I don't know why I'm, like, trying to get to 20 weeks. I'm trying to get to the third trimester. I'm trying to get, like, no. No, no, no. I'm even more worried now. Yeah. No, I know. (laughs) And we, like, laugh about it and we're joking. But it's a very real thing. Oh. Like, mom anxiety and, like, prenatal anxiety and postpartum anxiety. Mm -hmm. Those are, like, very real maternal mental health things Yeah. that I feel like I 100% did not anticipate where I was, Mm -hmm. like, like, I've never struggled with this level of anxiety. Why am I having it about something that, like, is so out of my control? You know what I mean? 100%. It's a wild thing to deal with. But I think, like, we can laugh it off and stuff, but it's very real. And I think that's very fair to say. Um. But I'm glad that, like, you had a supportive husband. You were able to kind of overcome that morning sickness and then move into (laughs) the third trimester where things start to get a little more rocky. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm just thinking of all the funny. I mean, the fact, too, that your husband will get to that point where you can literally be dry heaving, like, in the car, or, like, talking, oh, yeah. like, in the middle of having a conversation, just start dry heaving, and they don't bat an eye. Oh, not even phased. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> yeah. When, no. when you're done, let me know. Like, we can keep, yeah. keep going. No. No, we literally, when I'm pregnant, oh my it's disgusting, like, I'm, like, to even say this, but I have, like, a barf cup. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, you know, like, my water bottle or something, and, like, 
literally mid conversation. I'll just, I'll just like, <laughs> and be like, "You good?" I'm like, nip, nip. and then you're, you're fine. And I'm you carry just on. dying remembering all the oh, all the times. Just, but oh, but yeah, third trimester. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. I should have written down notes or something. Um, but pretty early on, like. I want to say it was sometime after the big 20-week ultrasound. Okay. Um, I don't remember exactly when, but my doctor started throwing around the word preeclampsia and, you know, just the possibility that I might be developing it, mm-hmm. which I think you've talked about in previous yeah, episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically it's just, you know, a high blood pressure disorder, I guess, where, yeah. you know, you have protein in your urine, you typically swell up. Um, and your blood pressure rises. So, um, they started to kind of see a little bit of a trend, but it wasn't anything, you know, super severe in the beginning, but they just kind of wanted to let me know, like, that could be where we were going. Um, and then, I don't know. Was that, like, stressful to you, or were you just kind of like, okay? I feel like it was just because, so my mom had that with me. Okay. And... I had always heard stories of just, you know, how swollen she was and how miserable and da 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 da. So I was like, oh no. And like, what do I have to look forward to? Also, I was having a baby in September. So I'm like, great. Like, you're like, it's, you know, we're going through the heat of the summer. Of course, this past summer ended up being like the the hottest hottest on record. (laughs) So cheers to me. There you go. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Where are the odds? Um, and so. Yeah, I was nervous about it, um, but I don't feel like I got really that stressed until I really started to swell, and I could Mm. notice just I was slowing down. I wasn't feeling good. I was gaining headaches, all these different things. So Mm -hmm. it was – I'm trying to think. It was maybe around like 30 – I don't know, 30 to 32, somewhere in there that they were like, okay, you definitely have it. Mm. Um, you're probably going to deliver early, but let's just, you know, have you come in. We're going to monitor you. Mm-hmm. Keep taking your blood pressure every week. See where we're at kind of thing. So did they move you to like weekly appointments? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was when I was 30 weeks. Okay. Um, that sounds right. So, yeah, so it just kept trending that way. Mm-hmm. And then at, I think it was 34. Five, um, I was at work. I was still working full time, um, and I just felt so crummy. And so, as I was leaving work, I called my doctor and just kind of told them how I was feeling. And they said, "Just come right over. Yeah. We'll just check you out, make sure everything's okay." So I got there, and they took my blood pressure, and like immediately, they're like, "Just go over to labor and delivery." And mm. I was like. Oh, I'm not ready at all. Like so you're like, I'm literally on my way home from work. Yeah. I like I don't have a thing with me. Like, yeah. okay. So called my husband, he met me over there and they just monitored the baby and, and me for a few hours to see if the blood pressure would go down. Mm-hmm. And it was still pretty high for a while, but it did decline. And so they said, come back tomorrow. We're going to give you a steroid shot in one of your hips to help mature the baby's lungs. Mm-hmm. And when you come back tomorrow, we'll give you another shot in the other hip. And then if you have to deliver early, at least hopefully the baby will be okay. 
also I was having a boy and they said that Baby they boys typically are just weaker. Yeah, than their they moms. just it's weird. Yeah, they don't develop as quickly. They're less, you know, resilient if they are delivered early. So they wanted to make sure that you know, he was okay. So so we did that and um the next day I went back in and they said, you know, we want to keep doing these stress tests, so we'll have you come in again. I think it was like Saturday and then the next Monday. Okay, so pretty much every other day they're yeah. having you come in, checking your pressure. They were really the wanting to get me to 37 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, we're just going to keep doing this. And, you know, if we have to bring him earlier than that, then we will. But let's schedule an induction for the day you turn 37 weeks. Okay. Um, so we at least have it on the schedule and we're good to go. But they kind of said there's no way we're going later than 37. 37. Okay. So we continued to do that and went with the plan. And so everything worked out where I was able to hold off, thank goodness, um, till 37 weeks. So that put me at delivering on August 11th, but they wanted me to go in the night before to start with the cervical ripening because I had never had a baby before. Um, And when they checked me at 36 weeks, I was dilated to a one. Okay, so that's good though. So yeah, it was better than nothing. Is better than nothing. Yes, I always say that. I'm like, it's still good. It's it's tiny, but it's still better than zero. Yes, <laughs> better than nothing. But unfortunately, when I got there, I was still at a one. <laughs> You're like, not big change. <laughs> I was really hoping I'd be at like a three or a four or something, but yes. no, no, no. So yeah, so I got there on August 10th. We arrived at like 6 p.m. Okay. And just started right away. So they um they what is it called i forget what it's called but they like insert the little cervidil yeah not not the balloon just the yeah the The pill pill. Mm -hmm. which i later found out you can take orally and i don't know Mm -hmm. why that was not an option for me because it is not comfortable but i'll be honest way better to have a vaginal okay well and i only say that because (laughs) it just is like think of it the closer it is to where it needs to be the more effective yeah so you can have it orally it just sometimes takes longer and takes more doses but it's not comfortable by any means. Not comfortable, <laughs> my friends. So, by ladies, any means. <laughs> when it's your turn. Yeah, now you know. Good luck. <laughs> um, but also, maybe I'm just a baby. I don't know. No, you're not. So, yeah, that was a ne- the next 12 hours of my life were just chilling, waiting for that to Did to you get only going. have one round of it, or did you have a couple? You know, it's such a blur. You're like, I don't remember, but it took a minute. <laughs> All I know is that they told me that if I was in pain that I could have fentanyl, mm-hmm. which, is it just me or is that not like the drug that's in every movie that like, like, <laughs> like I was so like, spooky. this seems so sketchy. Yeah. You're like, uh, are you, are you sure? <laughs> like literally, yes. I'm like, okay. No, valid. <laughs> um, which I also have never really, you know, had surgery. I haven't really ever been on like hard medication I mm-hmm, guess mm-hmm. so I didn't realize but my body metabolizes it very quickly okay I learned yeah <laughs> so she would literally give me fentanyl in my I guess in my IV mm-hmm. and I would feel relief for like 20 minutes wow and then I'd be like oh like, I am not okay <laughs> yeah. thank you which also that's interesting at least I don't know if this is like a always rule or just at my hospital or whatever but um they would only give me three doses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that went real fast. Yeah. Um, Where you're like, okay, two hours later. So what's next? Seriously. <laughs> seriously. I'm like, what am I going to do? 
So that was a very long night. Um, which also is so rude when they're like, you can probably just sleep through this. I'm like, are you crazy? No. Not a chance. Um, no. Not a chance. However, I don't know. Maybe I just was, I don't know. The contractions and everything happened quickly for me. Mm -hmm. Within, I swear, like 30 minutes of putting it up there, I was like, am I having a baby? Like, (laughs) you're like, this is the real deal. (laughs) Like, is this happening? (laughs) Um, so yeah, that, that uh, whole fentanyl thing didn't last long, but you know, you power through. So that was the rest of the night, and um, then at like 7.30 or something, um, she said, you know, okay, we can start you on the Pitocin now. Okay. So um, did you do the balloon catheter? Or, so it worked well enough that you never had catheter? Yeah, so I think That's at this great. point I was at like a three. Okay, yeah, great. Um, yeah, I was at a three, and so they said we could start. And I was really, so I didn't sleep a wink. Yeah, you're exhausted. And keep in mind, when you know you're having a baby, like when it's scheduled the night before, I had not slept a wink either yeah, because yeah. I was so excited. I'm having yeah. butterflies. Yes. <laughs> um, also, I literally worked until 3.30. We went to dinner at 4 and then we went to the hospital at 6. <laughs> oh my gosh. So were it like, was okay, like a full day, literally, a full day. until you are. Yeah, so birth. I hadn't rested or anything yeah, in the day. No. So I was exhausted and. I hadn't had any pain medication for hours. Yeah. So I had kind of said, like, when do you think I should get an epidural? Mm-hmm. And they, which I don't know. I have now heard from many people that this is not a thing. But they had told me that I needed to have my water break before I could get my epidural. Which I'm going, okay. But it has not on its own. So sure enough, they bring out that cringy little crochet <laughs> hook thing. <laughs> But truly, it is. <laughs> just not the vibe for me. But And my doctor was, wasn't was there yet. And so, but I, I go to a clinic where they have a bunch of different doctors. So okay, I, yeah. I knew him. So he, a different doctor comes in and it was not a pleasant experience, folks. It He is like just like digging around with that thing and it is not working. And I don't know why, but for like five minutes, he's trying to break my water and it's wow. not happening. Was this like the actual physician or was this like a resident yes this is a full-on doctor wow i'm a little surprised right and so he just ends up pulling it all out and it's like well i've got to get to a c-section we'll try again after and i'm like are you kidding me because not only was that like very painful and traumatizing but it didn't even work yeah you're like bro what were you doing (laughs) and through this whole thing like it was painful it was just you know like uncomfortable i was tired but i hadn't really had like a breakdown Yes. yes. Yeah. But after he like l- walked out of the room, I just looked at my husband and I started crying because yeah. I'm thinking, you know, I want to get that epidural. I'm so tired. I'm ready to meet this baby. And they, for whatever reason, don't want to give me my epidural because I haven't had my water broken. So, Which to that point, <sighs> while we're talking about it, I would actually recommend the opposite. Really? Is to get the epidural and then have your water broken. Because often after your water's broken, your contractions become more intense. Mm-hmm. And you just feel them more because the cushion of the amniotic fluid is gone. Yeah. And so they recommend that, like, you be more comfortable before you get put in a place where it's going to be harder for you to sit still yeah. to get the epidural. It makes so, sense. So, like, I'm really interested as to why that was the advice. Well, and you I've know. spoken to so Everyone's many people now, but... and they're like, that's not a rule. Like, yeah, no, 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 I no. don't know why they wouldn't do that so yeah. whatever now you know Next it is what around. it is yeah. advocate for yourself ladies <laughs> no, seriously though <laughs> but these are the <sighs> things people don't know where i'm just like well and when a doctor you tells doing, you yeah you're not gonna be like mm, 
actually no yes <laughs> but now I will so yeah, yeah. you know anyways so that was discouraging but probably like an hour maybe went by mm-hmm. and he hadn't come back and I was in a lot of pain I mean you get to that point where you're just like I am ready and if you've kind of gone into it thinking you're, you're gonna get an epidural yeah you're like you're not, not be comfortable yeah you're not prepared you mentally yeah so anyway, so finally the nurse, she could see I was in a lot of pain. And also I will just say, nurses do not get the credit that they deserve. Because I swear, I was with like four different nurses or something through my time there. And they took such good care of me. And then the doctor comes in for like 12 seconds when the baby's head is like out. Yeah. And gets all the credit and all the pay. And it is just not the vibe for me. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, a lot of people in the back. <laughs> Literally. I don't know. They don't get credit. So I'm giving you credit. But, Thank you. Um... She finally was just like, you know what, I think we should just get the guy in here to give you an epidural. You know, mm-hmm. I know your water hasn't broken yet, but I can see you're in a lot of pain. Let's just do it. So I was game. I'm saying like, yes, 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 yes. Preach. So they get the guy to come in, and it actually was super ironic because the second I sat up and kind of got in position, like with my legs kind of hanging over the bed, my water broke. Oh, really? <laughs> like it just <laughs> broke on its own. Love it. All of a sudden, I go – I'm either bleeding a crap ton or Or, I just peed my pants or my water broke. (laughs) You're like one of the three. So please check. (laughs) It is such a weird feeling. So anyways, I was glad that that happened kind of naturally because I did not want that crochet thing coming anywhere (laughs) near me again. (laughs) It was just not it for me. Um, But yeah, so at this point, though, I was having contractions every like minute to two minutes. Okay. Um, It was pretty crazy which yeah. i don't know what the like average time is for somebody to get an epidural but it felt almost like it was too late like mm-hmm. i feel like if you're having a contraction every minute it's nearly impossible to hold yeah. still i'm like well truthfully like <laughs> having a contraction every minute is not really a pattern that like you want to induce if that no. makes sense like meaning if they're controlling your contraction pattern with pitocin the most they want to see is like five within 10 minutes so every two minutes yeah if it's more than that it's kind of like okay we need to slow things down make sure mom's tolerating make sure baby's tolerating yeah because like you said one if they're gonna get an epidural epidurals take longer than 15 seconds to put mm-hmm. in your back i'm like yeah that's really really hard and often yeah. like the baby's not going to tolerate being squeezed every minute you know what i mean they have like a 10 minute win- or a 10 second window before mm-hmm. your contraction starts again and so it just can really, really tucker out the baby totally. and prove to, like, be more complications at actual birth. But anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you get your epidural. Well, well, or, well, well. Hold pretend. on. <laughs> Back up. This is where things take a turn. So I am sitting over the, you know, the edge of the bed. My husband is sitting in front of me kind of with his hands, you know, on my mm-hmm. knees, kind of applying that, like, counter pressure. And this is the point where my mom also walks in. Okay. So we had kind of done, like, the whole night and that morning, just the two of us, and then she wanted to come by. I think she brought, like, maybe Kaylin some food and a drink or something like this. Okay. Something like that. Um, and so she kind of walked in. You know, I say, oh, I'm getting my epidural, whatever. And so she's in there as well. And I'm, you know, having these contractions, trying to hold still. They tell you, you know, you cannot move, which – it's tricky. <laughs> it's it's so hard. It's really, really hard. I yeah. did not understand that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in my mind, getting an epidural was before I was in, like... Before you were to the point of, I in can't that, sit here? Yeah, in yeah. labor like that. Yes. So, 
anyway, so that kind of came as a surprise to me, but I'm thinking, okay, I can do this if I can just hold on for a few minutes. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm through the worst part. I can do this. So, anyways, he starts, you know, his process and, you know, he says, you're going to feel a little bee sting. I'm doing the numbing, this and that. He's trying to walk me through it, which I appreciated. Um, and he gets to the point where he says, you know, you might feel like a little pop or something. That's totally normal. Just let me know if you're feeling anything or if it feels off or whatever. So he does whatever he's doing. And I felt like I was being electrocuted mm-hmm. in my legs. Okay. And to the point where I screamed and my husband also said what's happening to her because he could feel it because his hands were like on my knees. Yeah. So I'm screaming, trying to hold still. And he's asking, you know, what's going on? What's going on? Try to tell him. He says, okay, like, where is it? You know, I'm saying it's in my legs. We're having this conversation while I'm also trying to be still. I'm also having contractions. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and so he says, okay, okay, let me try something different. I, and to this day, I don't know. You, you can't see because it's in the back. So mm-hmm. I don't really know what any of this means. He's just yeah. kind of telling me what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he says he does something different. And it happens again. Hmm. And I start screaming. My mom is freaking out. My husband's freaking out. They're all, you know, what's going on? What's happening to her? And so he says, okay, you know, I'm just going to pull everything out. We're going to take a break. And, so, yeah, so I'm sitting there. I'm free- I'm trying, you know, to remain calm. But I'm like, I have tears running down my face. I am so stressed. I just want this part to be over. And, anyway, long story short, he goes back in does it again and the same thing happens where I feel like I'm being electrocuted but this time it happens in my neck and mm. I in my head I'm going to the worst place I'm going to be paralyzed yeah. you know something yes. like horrible is happening because he starts freaking out he starts saying that's not normal I don't know why this is happening mm-hmm. which I understand you know in anyone else's regular work day you can make mistakes or have things happen that you don't understand but it's not like life or death like I'm you know in somebody's spine <laughs> So I'm like giving him, I'm like trying to give him like benefit of the doubt and grace and everything. But also I'm like, can you fix this? Yeah, you're like, but bro, what is happening? Yeah. So anyway, this whole thing, I know I'm trying to paraphrase, but this whole thing takes about 45 minutes Mm. that I'm like sitting there and we're trying to get it. And anyway, so finally he feels like he figures it out and gets it placed in, you know, the right spot. So he sits me back, and I would say it felt for sure better, Mm -hmm. but I have also never had a baby before, never had an epidural before, so I didn't know, like, what What it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he thinks everything's good, so, you know, he leaves. I'm finally calming down a little bit. Yeah. And that probably lasted, like, 30, 45 minutes, and... My mother-in-law had come, you know, to say hi, kind of check in, and I'd asked her to braid my hair because, as so many of us Utah girlies do, I had had a friend that was going to come to take video. Oh, I love it. And I was at, like, a four or a five at this point. Okay, yeah. And so she had said, you know, let me know when you're at, like, a six or a seven. Yeah. And so I kind of texted her, hey, it's probably going to be, like, fairly soon. And I look like an absolute mess from not sleeping, yes. being so you're in like, this bed. Yeah, <laughs> I just like asked my mother-in-law, yeah, can you just give me, like, a braid? Like, nothing crazy. I'm not putting on a full face of makeup or anything. Yes. But just wanted, honestly, just wanted my hair out of my face more yeah. than anything. But she started brushing my hair, and I got the most painful 
Charlie horse like cramp in my neck and I'm thinking oh my gosh this is something to do with epidural or I don't know what's going on and it was so painful that I like could not I almost couldn't talk I was crying everyone was trying to figure out what's going on the nurse came running in they ended up getting the guy that did my epidural and I think whoever was over him so some kind Mm -hmm. of boss or head of I yeah, like whatever. head of anesthesia. Yeah, whoever. something like mm-hmm. that. They came in and were trying to figure out if I had something to do with the epidural, and they told me it didn't. They said it probably is just the stress of being in labor, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's true or not, but that was just the start of many complications. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that lasted for like six hours. <gasps> That same, like, Charlie Horse pain? Yes, and it would, like, it would kind of, like, ease and then it'd be, like, 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 yes, like, and I would just all of a sudden go from, like, kind of being able to breathe to, like, just sobbing, like, and everybody took turns, like, it was the sweetest thing, like, my dad, you know, my father-in-law, my mom, my mother-in-law, my husband, they're all taking turns, like, trying to rub my neck, like, someone's holding a fan in my face, I had oxygen on at this point, like, all this stuff Which to also, just try to get how me to calm are your down. pressures at this point? Are your pressures still through the roof too? The, like the contractions? Yet? No, your blood oh, pressure. Oh, blood pressure. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like on top of this. Yes, you're like on top pre-eclamptic. Of it. it was like yeah. Katie. Yeah, just all the things. Hearing all these things, I'm like, I would be so stressed if I was your nurse. <laughs> oh yeah, the poor things. Like I went through so many nurses. I was there for 25 no. hours, but um, yeah. So it was really, really horrible, and. I would say that the epidural worked, like, fairly well in the beginning, but Mm -hmm. it was starting to wear off. But because of all the other pain that I was feeling, it was, like, the last thing on my mind. Mm. You kind I feel like your brain only allows you to feel, like, the most immediate severe pain. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't even thinking about what was going on down there. So that lasted for quite a while, and, you know, I'm getting checked regularly still. I finally get to a 10 – but I was in so much pain, and keep in mind, the neck, like, the neck cramping started to kind of go down into my back as well, and because I had had an epidural, they had planned on me delivering, you know, kind of laying on my back, Yeah. and the thought of having to, like, push for, yeah, for those of you that have had back. a baby, you know, you kind of have to push up and kind of into that crouching position mm-hmm. to be able to push, and I knew there was no way I'd be able to do that. Mm. And so for about three hours, I was at a 10 and could not, like, do anything but just, like, lay there in pain. And did they, like, did anyone offer to try and have you push in a different position? No. Like, oh, my. Oh, I just want to, like, dang it. <laughs> and what's so crazy, too, is we now know, I didn't know this at the time, but the epidural really didn't work. And so I could fully like move my legs and everything. So I so, totally like, could have literally could have been different... on like hands and knees yes. or like side lying or anything other than lithotomy and been yes. But I didn't like, know that. No, of course, because it's not standard. It's not mm-hmm. standard practice. And like, obviously, as the nurse, I would do anything for my patient. But it's like it's it's not the most ideal. Like it's way easy if you just lay on your back by all means, especially if you have yes. an epidural. But, like, there are so many options that could have made you more comfortable that I'm just like, oh, my heck. Mm-hmm. Why didn't no one do something? Oh, girl, yeah. you're amazing. Keep going. So that was discouraging because at that point, 
all I wanted to do, and I feel like I knew the only way to end the pain was to deliver because they mm-hmm. weren't able to give me any mm-hmm. other medications to help with the pain because yeah. they didn't want it to affect the baby. Mm-hmm. So I was just <laughs> kind of roughing it at this point. Oh, my gosh. And I feel like, too, mentally, I, w- I just could not get myself there to do it. Mm-hmm. And so that was really hard, too, because – I'd been waiting for this moment. Yeah. It's all I've been thinking about for, you know. Months. Months and months and months. And yeah, if not years of just Mm -hmm. thinking about one day becoming a mom. So it was really hard. Um, And it was actually just such a sweet thing. But my husband, I had noticed throughout the day randomly, you know, in those um, labor and delivery rooms, you have like your own little bathroom. Mm Mm-hmm. And throughout the day, I had noticed him so many times going in there for, like, a few minutes at a time. But I had been focusing on my own pain and everything that I mm. hadn't really – I mean, we hadn't been talking. <laughs> like, no, yeah, I was just sitting there crying and, you know. Yeah. And – oh, keep in mind, I did not have video or photos. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 we're putting an end to that. <laughs> yes, the second all of the cramping happened, I texted my friend and said, you know – Never mind. It's not mine. Bless be. her heart. She had already arrived, but oh. it didn't obviously didn't. <laughs> yeah. There was no videoing what was happening to me. Um, but I kept seeing Kaylin going into the bathroom. And so finally, you know, he came over and he was kind of like stroking my hair and, we were, you know, just kind of having a moment. And I said, why do you keep going into the bathroom? Like, are you sicker? Like, are you stressed? And so it's like making you sick or like what's mm-hmm. going on? And he didn't really like want to tell me at first, but I pried it out of him and he ended up saying, you know, just like, I can't see you like this. Mm-hmm. And so I have to like keep going in there to like, cause I don't want you to see me like crying or like, yeah. I don't want you to see me like struggling because I, I'm trying to be strong for you. Yeah. But like, it, this is not easy for me like, to see you like cry. this. <laughs> yeah. I mean like, it, and it made me so emotional, but I feel like it also reminded me that like, I'm the only one that can do this. Mm-hmm. And he said that, you know, he was like, like, honey, like if I could switch you places and do this, I would. Yeah. Because I don't want to see you like this anymore. Like you're in so much pain. This is horrible for me. And I, at that point, he was like, I never want to do this again. Like I'll never <laughs> let you get pregnant. Like <laughs> I'm never like, putting you through done, this pain. <laughs> yeah, but like he really was having the hardest time with it. And so he said, you know, I love you, and like you're the only one that can do this. And the only way that you're going to feel better is to get this baby out. And so one way or the other, like. We have to do this, and we're a team, so, like, let me know how I can help, but, like, we, we've got to get this baby out of you. Yeah. And so I feel like between that and then also just kind of having to come to, like, my own terms with it, that, like, okay, I've got to do this. It's go time. Yeah. I have to just fight through this pain. I had to come through, you know, to that side on my own as well, but between the two experiences, I said, you know, okay, <laughs> let's do this. Um, and so it honestly was a team effort. My mom and my husband, Kalen, were, you know, on the sides of me. And when it was time to push, they would hold one leg and then they would also hold my neck up and like pull me because I up into crunching. Yes. Into the crunch because Mm -hmm. I could not. And I mean, it's already painful enough to just go through labor, but then to have that like seizing cramping feeling, I... I mean, man, my next labor better better be <laughs> easy because it was just absolute chaos. But they were such champs. And, like, 
I don't know. It's just, it felt almost like a beautiful moment too, as much pain as I was in to see them like helping me to bring this little angel into the world. It was really a beautiful moment because obviously my husband and my mom are like my people, people. you know, like my like number one, number two in my life. Well, not anymore. Now Liam, my son is is in there, but (laughs) up until that point they were (laughs) one and two. So, um, it was really beautiful, but yeah, so I finally got to that point and I was ready to push and I did not know, still at this point, I did not know really that the epidural hadn't fully worked. So as we got going, I realized I could hold up my own legs. <laughs> you're like, okay. um, but you know, it is what it is. So I think it took about an hour and a half. Of pushing. Of pushing. Okay. Because I just wasn't, I feel like if I hadn't had like that extra pain. You had so many factors, which an hour and a half, honestly, not bad for a first time It still wasn't horrible. That's great. Truthfully, I feel like most first time moms are like two to three hours. Yes. Like that's amazing, especially given all the other factors that were going on for you. Like I'm like, girl. Well, my poor baby was ready. He'd yeah. been out of 10 yeah, for, for three hours. Three hours. So Which he like, was like, let's get out. I actually was reading an article about this recently because there's a thing called laboring down mm-hmm. where like you're completed a 10 and your provider lets you actually wait for a couple hours even to let the baby move down the birth canal on its own Interesting. without pushing to sometimes like the research behind it was that it could minimize the pushing time mm-hmm. just because that baby had moved closer to the outside world on its own. Um, but it's actually there's kind of like mixed reviews on it where they didn't really see that much benefit Difference. with it. And like sometimes it was an increased risk of infection and like other things. So, interesting. Hmm. yeah, I'm interested that they like let you do it because I, the like research behind it now is kind of Iffy. both ways. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not like bad, but it's just like I don't know that they like recommend it all that often anymore. You yeah. Know? yeah. But like for you, I'm sure it was good to have just kind of a out. sec and it helped you get to that point where you were like I'm ready let's do this yeah an hour and a half not bad yeah. what was it like finally being done <laughs> oh my gosh well that was what was so crazy too is I don't know it you hear it all the time but you know when your husband or the doctor whoever says like oh I can see the head or like I can see that the baby has hair or mm-hmm. all those cute little things yes it's like, okay, this is not fair. Why do you get to see this before me? I'm the mom. Like, Yes, you're like, dude, I literally built this, this thing not cool. by myself. Why? Yeah. So I remember my husband saying like, oh my gosh, like, because the doctor had said something, you know, around the, the lines of I can see the head. Mm-hmm. And Kaylin said like, you know, does he have hair or whatever? He's like, yeah, do you want to see? And I could see Kaylin like peeking around like, hey. the corner and I'm like this is so unfair <laughs> and so I was like we're getting this baby out I want to see so um you know it was just another like couple pushes I think at that point and then obviously you know that whole lifts you onto the chest moment and mm-hmm. it was probably the only time in that entire whatever that was I think it was like 24 or 25 hour experience that I was truly happy yeah. yeah, and you're still in pain and you're still like I mean I later learned that I was basically doing this natural yeah you're <laughs> and like I didn't really know unmedicated. so I'm still yeah I'm still in pain and everything but it was just that euphoric feeling of like not only like I did this mm-hmm. and I'm done but also like hi I'm yeah, like meeting you for the first time yeah. on earth so 
that was really beautiful i was kind of sad though like in listening to your podcast i've heard all these cute golden hour you know yeah moments that i didn't really get i feel like they placed him for i don't know a few minutes or so and then kind of took him did all of the all the things all the things and then i feel like because of all the complications and trauma and everything they were you know wanting to focus on me blood Mm -hmm. pressure Mm -hmm. getting me some medication stitching me all these different things yeah and so it was a little while until i really like held him again which it was like good because kaylin got a chance you know to hold him and like i feel like dad sometimes get deprived of that time in the beginning so i was happy that he got to have you know some of those special first moments but um i wish i had that and kind of uninterrupted just snuggle skin to skin yeah time which we got later you know when we first nursed and everything but yeah but But it's true i mean i think that like you said it's something that in some scenarios you really do kind of have to like advocate for yourself with and certain hospitals don't have like regulations the wrong word but like the hospital i worked at it was like baby friendly is what it's called and it's like we respect certain things like the golden hour Mm -hmm. and like breastfeeding if that's what you want to do like there are just certain things that like it's kind of a regulation for you as an employee to follow but it's not for every facility so like to that other hospital it may have been protocol to just like oh yeah they snuggle for a sec and then we do those within the first half hour like we do wait wash the baby off like do this and this this Mm -hmm. and it's just like to know that you have the ability to say like hey I know you can actually do my baby's cares while he's on my chest. Mm. Please do that. You know what I mean? But, you know, I don't think in any way your nurse was probably trying to, like, take that time away from you. Like, she was probably just, like, doing her routine. You know what I mean? And so I think a lot of times people find themselves in the same situation as you. It's just, like, you don't get the time because nobody said anything. And for no reason other than you just didn't know or think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel like the nurses were so kind, and there's no way they were, like, yes, they're like, <laughs> we are going to take your Maliciously baby. <laughs> trying to take away that, like, special moment or yes, anything, but yes. I think they were more concerned at that point, because luckily, my baby was perfectly fine, Yeah, but I think they were more focused on, on my you. care at that point, yeah. so, yeah, so I, it really wasn't until I was getting stitched, and I realized I could feel everything that I thought maybe this epidural didn't quite work the way yeah you're like um, <laughs> wait when you can feel like the thread or whatever it is oh. like against your inner thigh i'm like mm, yeah that's probably either probably worn off awesome. or didn't work very yeah. well oh my gosh oh my gosh but you know it is what it is we got to get our babies here and honestly big 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 shout out to all those strong mamas that are like i want to do this natural from the get-go because wow that takes a lot yeah. of strength and I don't know. Just it's no joke. <laughs> yeah, it is no joke. Yes. But Which I guess it's know. not natural. Non medicated, I should say. I mean, yeah. Unmedicated is technically what you would call it. But same thing. Every birth every birth is natural. Yes. Medicated or unmedicated. But it's it's not for the faint of heart. We'll put it that way. No, no, no. It is amazing. But you did not go through like a cakewalk either though you know what I mean that's I think that's also like so important to say is I think especially right now there's like a very big movement of unmedicated birth and like have your home birth have your birth center birth have your forest birth if that's what you want like you know what I mean I think people are really opening their eyes to all the different birthing options that are available 
which I personally think is like really beautiful and wonderful in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I also think it's important to recognize that like the mama who also chooses to have an epidural or a scheduled C-section or like, you know, a very medic, like medical intervention birth for like choice or not, you know what I mean? Because you had preeclampsia, you can't Mm -hmm. control that. And then you had a bunch of other factors that were like out of your control that led to a lot of intervention in your birth. And like, I think, I don't know. I just, bad rap is the wrong way to say it, but it's just like, you deserve just as much acclaim and saying like, but truly like you had a medicated birth, like quote unquote, but like, did you feel pretty (laughs) much everything? Yes. Like, did you break your tailbone? Right. You told me that like you freaking broke your tailbone. Like, and like (laughs) you went through all this trauma with the epidural. Did break the tailbone. Like there's just so many things that make your birth even if it had been like just an epidural straightforward whatever but like you went through a lot of hard things and you deserve to be like yeah I literally did a really hard thing even though it wasn't an unmedicated birth in my bath at home you know what I mean (laughs) I don't know it just bothers me that it gets so one-sided yeah because I think that it's hard no matter what way you chose choose to do it and people are just so opinionated about birth and very vocal about the way they choose to birth and their things which is why I have this podcast and it's beautiful because people like to share their stories yes but it can bring a lot of other feelings like shame and guilt and like disappointment and I just hate for those feelings to be felt yeah especially when you know your experience was probably not what you imagined anyway you know, and Definitely you probably not. had to work through that, you know, <laughs> and I could be putting words in your mouth, but I just, no, 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 you are amazing. Oh my gosh. You're so sweet. No, it's so true. I feel like, especially too, with social media now, mm. it's like you see all of these beautiful photos and you hear all these birth stories and you see YouTube videos and all these mm-hmm. different, you know, different ways of showing people's births. And so it makes it feel one way when Obviously, if you get photos taken or something, you're only going to show the you only show the beautiful parts, cute moments, anyways. Yeah, but it makes it feel like, oh my gosh, like mine was definitely not photo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's true though. It's true. But it was, you know, it's my experience, and I'm, I feel just so grateful to be a mom and to have a healthy baby. And through all of that, I would do it a million times over if it meant that he was okay. Yeah. Because so often, you know, the mom's okay, labor goes great, but then there's complications with the baby, and I would way rather have had you know the hard part and have him be popping out perfect yeah yeah no I hear that (laughs) absolutely well I think I don't want to like wrap up quite yet because you did experience something (laughs) that is really pretty unique and you don't hear about that often so we know your epidural was crap (laughs) yes (laughs) let's talk about what it was after the fact where you kind of oh yes found all the things Yes, so the morning after, so I ended up delivering, so my baby's name is Liam, um, little baby boy. So after Liam was born, or sorry, he was born at 7.37 at night. Okay. So we... So really a full 25 hours, like almost to the dot kind of. Yes, That's amazing. 25 hours, it was crazy. Um, so we had him and then, you know, you do all the, you know, first nursing, snuggling skin to skin, all those things after the fact. And then we tried to rest a little bit. You do not sleep that <laughs> yeah. first night because every little teeny adorable sound, I'm like, oh my gosh, is he breathing? Like, what's yeah. wrong? Yes. What does he need? 
so that was crazy but the the next morning um i'm obviously you know in a hospital bed still so kind of go to lift up my bed so i'm not laying flat anymore i'm elevated and immediately i felt like i got hit by a train like my head hurt so bad it felt like someone was squeezing my brain mm-hmm. it, it was truly the most uh, just indescribable pain so and at that point i thought that i had felt all the pain there was to feel <laughs> so i'm like what like, now? what is happening <laughs> literally what's happening um and so i'm you know i'm telling kaylin i it's almost like you immediately start crying too like you it is uncontrollable so we get the nurse in and she says you know let me get the doctor they got i think it was an anesthesiologist um to come in which i later also found out that the the man that did my epidural was a nurse anest oh a nurse anesthetist Mm -hmm. yes and um so maybe that was yeah i mean part of the issue they're technically trained the to to have the same skill but but one's a doctor one's a nurse and maybe he was um new or something i have no idea but anyway so they got an actual anesthesiologist to come in and talk to me because almost i think immediately they knew yeah what that's like the telltale sign yes and so they had me like lower the bed back down so i was flat and he came in and just kind of talked to me about what he thought was going on and um it's called a spinal headache or there's a bunch of different ways to say pretty much a spinal yeah that's what they had told me what it was called so um Essentially, what that is, is when the epidural happened, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the, you. you're the medical gal here, but um, they they go too deep. So, it actually, like, punctures yep. the dura matter, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the needle, sorry. Punctures, punctures the dura matter, and it causes a spinal leak. Um, so, your brain is surrounded by fluid, obviously, so when that leaks, it actually kind of causes the brain to drop and puts a ton of tension on the brain so when it's flat it's not quite as bad but the second you sit up or stand up that gravity you know kind of kicks in and it feels like your head is going to explode (laughs) basically um and that continues you know to leak until that hole is sealed back up that, yeah, was that, that was exactly. Yeah, that was so simply to put, describe and it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was perfect. <sighs> so, um, it can heal on its own, or you can get a procedure, which is basically getting another epidural. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to seal it up, where they'll actually give you an IV and take your own blood, and actually they'll put it back in through the epidural to seal up that hole. Um, so. As much as I wanted to get another epidural, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't like, want to get one. Can I mentally handle this? Yes, but honestly, I feel like they didn't really prepare me for how bad it was going to be. And when I had kind of talked to this anesthesiologist about the experience that I had had, I asked him, you know, given everything that I went through, if it was your daughter or your wife, would you recommend them to get the blood patch? That's what this procedure is called. And he said no, Mm. which is super weird to me now that I'm away from all of this because I have talked to other anesthesiologists. I've talked to people that have had to get blood patch procedures done. And it is super, super rare to even leave the hospital 
before getting one done. So I thought, oh, I'll just tough this out. They said, you know, it should be healed on its own within like seven to ten days. If you've got help at home, you should be able to manage, drink a ton of caffeine, um, rest, try to lay down as much as you can, all of these things. And my mom was in town, obviously had my husband. He had a couple weeks off, so I thought I could handle it. Well, I lasted 10 days, and apparently, like, that does not happen. When my husband ended up calling to schedule the blood patch, well, first of all, it was hilarious because he was on speaker, and I remember them saying, was she in room, like, 201 or whatever? And he's like, yeah. They, like, like literally you remember? remember you. Yes, yeah, like, they literally like, remember. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's humiliating. <laughs> no, um, not at all. But she said she's, like, she hasn't gotten the blood patch yet. Yeah, she was probably, like, shook. She was shocked. She yeah. said when people leave, bef- like, if they don't do it while they're here, they never make it longer than two days. Yeah. That's because where I'm, like, ten days? It's the most. Whoa. <laughs> oh, it's indescribable. Like, I try and talk to people, and they'll, oh, is it, like, a really bad headache? Is it, like, a migraine? I'm like, No. I felt like someone was taking a baseball bat and just whacking me over the head with Mm. it every time I tried to sit up. Um, So, needless to say, Kaylin was playing mom and dad for those Mm. first 10 days and, you know, dragging me to the bathroom and wiping my my baby's butt, like, doing all (laughs) the, like, wiping my butt, wiping his butt, I don't even know. Straight up. (laughs) There is no love like that. You don't know how much your husband loves you until... (laughs) He's, like, handing you pads and ice packs and, like, <laughs> lifting you up off the ground. Truly, though. Um, So, it was a pretty miserable first couple of weeks, honestly. And even after I got – so, I eventually went in and got the blood patch because my husband was starting law school, uh, his oh second year of law school. Uh, he had to go back to work. I mean, I had to be able to take care of myself and this brand-new baby. And, uh, yeah, so I kind of just had to figure it out. And the only real way at, at that point that they thought for me to really heal was to get the blood patch. So went in, <laughs> got a, a different guy to do it. Um, <laughs> love that first guy. He, he did his best. But <laughs> <laughs> like not naming names. But well, here's kidding. the thing. It's like I understand people are learning and yeah. it's so hard to be in the medical field because – you can only learn. You by have to practice. learn, and you're gonna yeah. make mistakes. So I yes. don't, you know, hold him personally responsible or anything. It happens. I, I did find out it's like one percent. I was gonna say it. It like hardly epidurals. ever happens. Which no, is like just it's incredibly so rare that it happened to you. One of my uncle's neighbors is an anesthesiologist at a different hospital, and my dad asked him about it when all this was going down, and he said that he'd been an anesthesiologist for ten years, and it happened to him three times. Yeah. And so, he's probably doing how many epidurals a day? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I like, mean, if it takes... That is literally <laughs> the tiniest percent Yes, so it's a chance that It's it incredibly rare. Yes. Ugh. So I think that made it hard, too, just because I didn't really know a lot of people that could... Totally had gone through Relate. It. Yeah. So hopefully there's anyone listening to this. Like, I have two sisters that, that understands. actually had spinal headaches. Are you serious? I know, which is crazy. One had the blood patch. One did not. One, really? it was okay after a little bit. But one, oh the one who had the blood patch, has never had another medicated birth. She has gone unmedicated for her other four kids. Yeah. But everybody asked but me that, like, like, are you going to get another 
another epidural in the future i'm like i honestly don't honestly, know yeah i'm like i don't know let it be a determining factor or not it'll yeah. just be something you need to like think about and work through but but like know. wild also that i think about that and i'm like wow I have two in my family. That's, That's kind actually of crazy. Crazy. <laughs> crazy when I think about that. It's very, very crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. Next time around, I feel like I'll go into it. Because with this first one, I really wanted it to, I don't know, just go a different way. And so in oh, my yeah. mind, like, getting the epidural was kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Because um, I just had no idea what to expect with labor. Yeah. Um, Next time around, I'll just kind of... Go in. We'll see how it goes. If I'm in so much pain that I'm wanting to try an epidural again, because then I don't know. You hear stories and they're like, "Yeah, once I got my epidural, I was chilling. Yeah, I, I was hanging <laughs> out. I took a nap. <laughs> I was yeah. hanging out. Yeah, taking yes. a nap." So I don't know. I mean, that would be awesome to experience, but at least and now I know I can handle whatever. You can literally handle anything, and you also know that next time you go in, you could say, "Actually, can I have the head of anesthesia come do it?" Straight up. <laughs> Just you can literally tell them your history and be like, "Look." I have a lot of trauma that comes along with this. Please give me your best man. I'm not playing games. Like, I am not around for another blood patch. That's all. That's all. Yes. So, yeah, that was pretty crazy. And that was kind of just the start to to some crazy stuff. I ended up getting mastitis because I was trying to learn how to nurse laying down. The latch was super off. So, things didn't really. Oh my end up working out with breastfeeding which was also really hard because yeah. I feel like that was like a casualty of this whole drama as well because yeah. I wanted to be able to experience that um and I really only was able to do it for a few weeks because well trigger warning TMI but literally almost <laughs> lost a nipple <laughs> that's so Dude, scary to even say but like- it happens, Wild. apparently. Yeah, no, <laughs> seriously, like, this is why I also say meet with a lactation specialist as soon as possible. Yes. And, and like, <laughs> which is good, like, good for you, but seriously, if a baby is latched wrong, they can do some real damage, and yes. that's, like, there is definitely, like, a, like, a, a pain that comes with just, like, obviously nothing is sucked on your nipple like a baby before, Yes. but, like, there is a difference between that kind of pain and a pain of, like, you are actually being damaged you know what I mean yeah Yeah, so it's like you just oh yeah I feel for you so that was rough and yeah I just feel like it was kind of like thing after thing I ended up actually (laughs) I swear I love I love the experience this is like bad thing no we're just bringing out all the details (laughs) not I'm just I'm just telling my story but um yeah I actually um had sudden hearing loss which Mm -hmm. can be a result of trauma yeah um and it can be like a blood patch um i don't know like a after side, effect, like a side or, effect of it kind yeah. of yeah yeah um so i am regaining that they said it can take you know up to nine months or so but most people will regain like full hearing yeah um but that happened i feel like because of all the other things going on i was doing my best to take care of my you know, downstairs, but it was also very hard to even, like, get up and Mm -hmm. do that, you know, all the cleaning and everything that needs to take place, so it was, like, UTI, yeast infection, UTI. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Just all the things. Yes. So, it was kind of, it kind of did feel like for, like, a month or so, it was, like, thing after thing. Yeah. Um, and so, so many people, including my doctor and a bunch of nurses, 
were very worried about uh, postpartum depression just mm-hmm. because of how everything hard, you'd been through. Yeah. Yeah. How hard it had been. And just I felt like the hardest part was just losing some of that time with Liam. Yeah. Um, Like I didn't even change his diaper until he was like two weeks old because I did not leave my bed. Yeah. So it was really hard. Um, But I feel incredibly blessed because aside from being, you know, sad that I couldn't get up and experience, you know, holding him upright and taking him on a walk or like just little things or showing him his nursery for the first time. Like I didn't get to do any of those things. So aside from that, I feel like I was the happiest new mom ever. I was so happy that he was okay. Um, just so excited to be a mom. But it was obviously tricky learning yeah. how to do all these different things laying down. <laughs> yeah, which I'm just like, it's so hard to learn all these things anyway. <laughs> yeah. Then put the learning curve of like, I can't sit up on top of it. That's just wild, Katie. You went through literally the ringer. <laughs> I'm like, girl. Well, and learning, I well, I feel like trying to learn those things and then having to make certain decisions, like after after a while and after meeting with a few different lactation specialists that all told me the same thing, like, listen, this might just not work for this first baby. You've got enough things going yeah. on and other pains. Like, this is not working. Yeah. Just start, start supplementing or go straight to formula, whatever you need need to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that decision, even in itself, was so hard too, just because, like you talked about earlier, there's so many opinions and judgment with a lot of things regarding baby. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard for me too. But at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you as a mom because your best self is going to be, you know, best for the baby. Yeah, So whatever is best for your mental health, do that. Yeah, no, and I love that you said that, honestly, because I think, like, it's so easy to put blinders on and to Mm -hmm. just, like, get so sucked into what society says is the way you should do things or, like, the way the picture should look or what Instagram portrays. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but truly, you only see, like, a sliver of people's reality through a camera lens and to, like, live it yourself and know that you are the only one that can do this. Just, like, going into your birth, like... Your husband saying, Katie, this is you. Like, yeah. you are the only one that can do this. To be able to, like, walk into your postpartum and be like, yo, I am the only one that can do this. Yeah. You have to make the decisions that make it doable for you. And anybody who has an opinion, <laughs> I'm like, you can take a seat. Because, like, <laughs> genuinely, you're not the one doing it. So don't yeah. say anything. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I just I just wish people could respect each other with mutual respect of like, oh, yeah, we have a different way of doing things and we're all going to be okay, you know? Well, and I think especially like, I don't know, with breastfeeding or formula, I didn't even realize how many people I knew were either supplementing or just doing straight formula. Yeah. Because nobody, like, well, I guess I shouldn't say nobody because people ask me. <laughs> but I never ask that. I'm never going to well, go up to someone yeah. and like, so are you nursing? Yes. Like, obviously, if, if they've talked to me about that, if they've brought it up and they're comfortable, like, mm-hmm. sure, I'll talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. But that's not my first question when yes. someone has a new baby. Yeah. But for some people, they're very opinionated about that and many other things. Yeah. Um, or there's, like, the other side where it's, like, they've had a really hard breastfeeding journey so they want to share it or like yeah they love it so much and they're so passionate about it they're like oh, are you breastfeeding let me like help you or tell you me about tips. it you know what I mean like 
I think a lot of the time it comes from like a good place, mm-hmm. but like it's really hard to have it not come off as judgmental at the same time. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I don't know. But like, like I've breastfed both my babies. Would that be the first thing I ask someone? No. I'll just be honest. Like it no. works for me. I really don't care what works for other people. I'm like, great. I'm so happy you figured out what works for you. Like, well, and honestly, it's like, I feel like people can agree if it works and it's what you want to do. Great. Great. It's the cheapest option out there. Yes. No, truly. (laughs) Like if that's what you want to do and it works for you, like, great. I hope, you know, maybe with my next one that that works out and that's something that I'm able to spend more time and energy on. But with the situation that I was in, it just didn't work out. And also I didn't mention this, but my supply dropped like significantly oh, i'm sure i'm and sure they thought body had no energy trauma to give they're that. like again yes, <laughs> yes which sometimes like, that happens that's a thing and like some so, i feel like people are blindsided by that when it's like your body it's not needs working. so much extra energy and calories and all the things to even produce milk mm-hmm. when it is focused on like healing or like going through this excessive trauma yeah of course you didn't have a massive supply like i'm like duh i don't know yeah but that's something that people probably don't know. You know, it's just, it's, we could talk for hours. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, I mean, that was, that was kind of the, the tail end. And then everything yeah. got really good from there. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't want to like leave it on, you know, a negative note either, because I do feel like all of those things that I went through, it was empowering because mm. it, I don't know, it just reminds me and, I hope all of you that like we can do anything like women's bodies are literally the most amazing thing. And I don't know. It's just something to be celebrated. And regardless, if you have like the picture perfect, I was literally at the hospital for three hours and my baby popped out when I coughed or, (laughs) you know, I had to get an emergency C-section or, you know, whatever the story is, I feel like it's beautiful and hard or not it is your story Mm -hmm. and that's what makes it so special and there are many people that have stories like mine or stories different than mine but that's what's so fun about the podcast is that we get to hear all these different stories and I feel like something that truly gave me strength and I'm so grateful that I started listening to your podcast is because I've heard so many stories Mm -hmm. from other people that have had similar experiences that have had preeclampsia that have you know, thought their birth was going to go one way and it went completely different. Um, and yeah, just all these different things. So I'm so grateful for that. And I also just feel like at the end of the day, for me, it was all about my baby. And he was, he was perfect. And I'm so grateful that my body, even though some things didn't work out and my mind was (laughs) not really in the best (laughs) place for some of that um i'm just grateful like you know for a body that was able to make such a sweet perfect little little guy little guy (laughs) oh sweet baby lamb no honestly katie i i couldn't echo what you say more like i just think that everyone's story is different and that's the beauty in being able to tell them all is like you find camaraderie and yeah just like community in hearing other stories and that's the beauty of it. And you're just helping someone else out there by telling yours. Oh my Even gosh. though, like, <laughs> it's so. not easy, though. Like, I mean, that's so genuinely is is that I think no matter what your story is, someone else out there needs to hear it. And yeah. you coming on the podcast is just, like, 
opening that door for somebody else and it's going to help them and I'm just grateful for you seriously thank you so much for inviting me on and of course I will say too I feel like the question that I get asked the most from people when they hear like bits and pieces of my story is like are you ever gonna have another Mm -hmm. baby or like Mm -hmm. are you you know nervous to get pregnant again or does labor scare you all these things and obviously yes like there is that kind of anxiety that comes with the thought of well what if I get preeclampsia again what if this happens what if that's whatever that's going to happen for everybody though Mm -hmm. um regardless if you have a perfect birth or not like there's still going to be a little bit of anxiety around that second time I think but for me as I mentioned earlier I didn't get the experience to grow up with a bunch of little siblings Mm -hmm. and so I feel like even though I was so excited to be a mom when I found out about Liam um it will almost be a more emotional, like, special experience to find out when I am pregnant the second time because I'll know that I'm giving him a gift that I didn't get. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, not to say, you know, my mom or my dad. Like, yes. They yes, did everything no they yeah. could to give me that, um, but it wasn't in the cards for them. And so mm. I feel like regardless of these little – fears that I have that's like the ultimate you know gift that I could give to Liam is to be able to have a sibling and so absolutely I want to have more kids it's it. it's scary for sure but I also feel like it can only go up from here right <laughs> girl I sure hope so <laughs> and if not I'll be back for I'm like only back <laughs> <laughs> well after hearing that you guys I think we can all agree that Katie is an absolute rock star She went through some things that most women have never heard of and will never experience. And she's here on the other side of it, smiling and telling me her story. She is so resilient. She is strong. She is an amazing mom. And she is someone that we can all learn from. I hope to take on more positivity and just choose to see the good in my experiences, just like Katie has. And I hope to be one that chooses to share my experience and be, you know, that person for someone else because I truly believe and I've said it before and I'll say it again on this podcast that choosing to share your story and your experience no matter how hard or how insignificant you may think it is it could be the other end of the spectrum choosing to share your story really does connect you with someone out there and you're helping someone that you have never met probably and just You say something they needed to hear. It happens every single time I drop an episode. So every time you come on and are vulnerable and share your hard and your ugly and the things that really challenged you, I know that someone else out there is growing because of it. And it is just so rewarding to see everyone I interview come through and share with me these things and empower everyone around them through their story. So thanks to Katie and cheers to a new week. If you aren't already, follow me along on Instagram and TikTok at undereducated.pod and catch us here next week for another episode. Mm-hmm.